What's up, you guys? This is the Bible Bunker, and we just have a quick, short little message that Zach will start. Yeah, after our very first one last time, Michael brought up something, and he was like, it was almost heretical, and I was like, no way. And then when he played it back and I had to listen to it, I was like, ah, oh, almost, but not. And so we just thought we'd talk about the things that, as Christians, and like the Bible says, we should be slow to speak and quick to listen, and many of us or most of us are quick to speak and slow to listen. There's a few people who just naturally are quiet and are good listeners and they're great to be around. You feel really smart around them. You think that they're really smart. And the Bible says even a fool can appear wise if he keeps his mouth shut. <laughs> like, But in my case, I love to talk. And so Michael brought up like, sometimes you just say these sweeping statements like they're 100% true when you're just excited and it's not 100% true. And I think I said uh, the number one teaching of Jesus was basically who you are when you're alone. And the explanation behind that would be he came to save the soul, the body, soul, mind, all of it combined. And not just give you the appearance of religion, but bring the reality of the Holy Spirit into your life so that when you're alone you're still the same person as you are in public. Like he, he came to bring heaven to earth and heaven and earth meet whenever a Christian is born, re, born again. And so when we're alone, we're still walking around in connection with heaven and earth. Like he came to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And it's proven that you have it in you by how you think and act towards God when no one can see you. That's, but the, the it was even in uh the topic was context, and I like gave a statement out of context. So that's the context if I explain it more, but I may do that time to time on the podcast, and um, if anyone wants to comment and be like, hey, I'm not sure that's accurate, or hopefully Michael will call me out. But one thing I learned from my mentor is you need to allow yourself and allow people to correct you, to not feel like they have to be careful around you and and just sort of confront you, but not really like passive aggressive. That's I've come to hate that now. I just want someone to tell me if I'm wrong. And my wife is really good at it. Michael's really good at it. My mentor is really, really good at it. Um, people at church will tell me if I'm wrong. And I'm, uh, or after a message I give, we'll, some people sometimes will just debate it and can't really figure out who's right. But um, it's really important, especially to your pastor or as a pastor or as a leader of people in general, you should be the most vulnerable open person. That's the kind of leader that Jesus was. And like I read a book that like Costco and Microsoft and Google and all of their leadership structure is starting to transform into Jesus like uh, leadership where a leader comes by and sits with you and says, how was your day? And how's your dog? And I heard your mom yeah. was sick. And because that's the kind of person that promotes a better working environment, a better church, a better spiritual environment. But yeah, so that I, I, I get excited and I say stuff basically. Yeah. That is how Jesus taught too. Cause he was like, like, um, <clears throat> and that's how God was like when he listens to Moses, when Moses, like God is obviously going to do what is right. But Moses is like, please don't do it. And then Moses got, God listened to him. But well, the situation Moses... is Israel messed up yeah. big time. God says, I'm just going to 
annihilate them and start over with you and your family because they don't deserve these gifts that I'm giving them. And Moses said, well, what would people say about your name if you took us out in the desert to kill us? Yeah. And God condescended. He lowered himself. He made himself vulnerable and said, okay, fine. But the truth was that generation that Moses begged for survival for, they all ended up chickening out right before they get to the promised land, and then they go back to the desert to die, which is exactly what God said should happen anyway. And Moses didn't get to go anyway. Yeah. Probably would have got to go if he didn't say So Moses saying, like, please spare them. He got what he wanted, but then he also got cut out of the promised land because of it. And I like to think that when Moses woke up after he died and, and saw heaven and saw God, he was like, all right, this is the real one. It was a the true promised land. So it's not like Moses got shorted on the deal or anything. Yeah. Like, see, right there, I left out context. I, and yeah, then yeah. you filled me in. So just be also, patient with us when we correct each other and correct us kindly. Don't be brutal and mean. Yeah, um, and I think we're mostly, like, not most, not everybody, but it's hard in our culture when you see someone say something wrong to not just be like, ha, gotcha. And want to smash them and, like, prove that they're wrong and say, like, you obviously don't know the Bible as much. And they might not, but if you're not loving your neighbor, then anything else you know is worthless. Like, and I've yeah. often I've often grown the most when I've tried to correct somebody kindly and they were kind in response and proved their position. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. I just hadn't thought about it like that. Yeah. Know? Or like I didn't have the historical background that that you've researched. And so just to create an environment of of it's okay to be wrong. And when I read British and French authors today over the last 200 years, they're so like cavalier and wild in how they come up with ideas and speculate. Like they're totally fine being wrong where Americans are really, really careful and scared to go outside of orthodoxy, even if the orthodoxy and doctrine isn't from the Bible. Like, I heard a, a British guy imagine, he said, why do, we, why, are, why do we think there are only male angels? What do you think? I just think it's not the same. Like, God is not a man, but he's manly. I don't, I, it's probably not the same. And we see angels as people, and I don't know if they're people. Like, they could not be human beings. So first, like, in, in this talk, he was joking. He's like, because all the female angels, angels are in the kitchen. And he's like, nope, sorry, just a joke. And, like, uh, rude. Shouldn't have said that. But what if their their job isn't on earth? We don't have to wrap it up. We got plenty of time. We still got to talk about careful, being careful of things we should say. Um, but like, just to speculate like that, well, what if there are female angels? And what if they have like jobs out in the universe, like pushing the planets or something? Like, who knows? It's weird to speculate that far, but it's okay too. Um, and then there are things that you shouldn't, speculate too much on or at least you should be really careful on is the the deity of christ the father son and the holy spirit are one god and it's it's really dangerous to try to explain them as three yeah but they are three aspects in one like don't speculate on something that is clearly biblically taught and speculate if it's Something that is not clear, but also don't get too caught up. The argument would be the word Trinity is not in the Bible. And that's why people get some weird 
doctrine around that because, well, the Bible never says the word Trinity, um, but it talks about the Father and the Son and the Comforter who Jesus is sending. Yeah. He has to leave so that the Comforter, the Spirit, can come. And at the end of Second or First Corinthians, or one of them, like the very end, the last verse is like, may the love of the Father and the peace of the Spirit and the something of the Son. I don't remember exactly what it says, but yeah. it's clear that it's that it, there's three persons. And there's, yeah, we use the word Trinity. But or we even use the word persons when they're not a human. The only, well, no, that's Jesus not, we're not saying human. humans. They are persons. Right, but aspects or... That's all we know. What else yeah. are we supposed to say? You know, uh, like, yeah. That they, they, they have three... So how would you say that? There are three different types. It, anyway. It's, it's cool that it's beyond us. I still like that his ways are above our ways. Yeah. And his ways are beyond finding out in a lot of ways. Uh, and then some things that I've noticed over the years to be careful about is when you say, God told me this, or the Lord laid this on my heart, or the Lord spoke to me two months ago. I was sitting with a uh, an eye doctor, and he was a pastor also. And he just, we, he was excited because <laughs> I was a Christian, he's a Christian, and I'm a pastor, he's a pastor, he's got four kids, I got four kids. But he kept saying, like, well, the Lord really told me this and this and this and this. I think when most people say that, they don't, like, I mean, unless they're, like, more uh, charismatic. But I think most people think that when they say that, it's, like, like not, like, spoke to my heart. Like, not literally spoke words, I think, usually. But I still think it's, vi- like, very dangerous to say God told me this or, like, when it could have been you telling yourself Well, that. if you say God told you it, and he really did, and it really happens, great. If you say God told, spoke to me, and it doesn't happen, then something's off. Like you either misinterpreted it or you're calling your inner voice God. There was a pastor at Bethel, I think it was Bethel, maybe one of those it was one of those big churches that made a wrong prophecy about Trump. And he actually apologized about it. Like he was like, Hey, I was wrong. I like I'm gonna do some thinking because he probably thought it was. You should never But just but I appreciated that, that he apologized about true, it. True. Because he was like honest, like like he didn't just go back on it and say, Hey, I was right, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen, like most people did. That's that true. But about Trump. I've been, when politics comes and gets mixed in with religion and then you you start prophesying, you have to be right. Otherwise you're lying about the Holy Spirit. Isn't that what that is? Yeah, and if there's a... I, my dad told me something. I don't think it's Bible verse. It's not, but it's Romans 14-esque. Uh, if there is a doubt, then there is no doubt. Like, if you have a little doubt, then don't tell everyone that you're right. Yeah, because, keep it to yourself. And, and maybe don't the make next an time, oath. Yeah. Well, like, if you, if you feel like, man, God... It feels like God gave me a vision or a prophecy. Like, I'm certain this is going to happen. The first time, Wait. You also and don't need to be arrogant about write it, it down. and tell everyone. Yeah, just write it down or tell one person. Be like, hey, can you just keep me accountable on this? Because I, I want to see like if this is really God speaking. If it comes true, then the next time, maybe tell a few more people and be like, I don't know why he's, he's told me this. But, but just be careful. But but in general, I it just seems like people who speak like that, um, it's it ends up, look at me, pay attention to me. I'm yeah. so wise and so smart and really pride building because i have this secret knowledge like i am scared seriously of people who have secret knowledge yeah um so just but in your in christian lingo in general i try to be careful never to say the lord told me unless he literally told me and i've had some audible moments where it's like my bones are shaking because his voice speaks to me and he was 100 percent correct and saved 
my life, like my ministry. And I could tell that story later, but, uh, yeah. well, some, I've had a vision yeah. that came true, like of a kid I needed to talk to. Oh, he yeah. was in serious pain and I dismissed it. I was like, this is weird. I'm not one of those weirdo Christians. And I'm not, I, I just think that God will intervene. And there's been times when I've been in so much pain and I just needed comfort. And I said, God, I need to feel you near me. Cause I don't know how to do this. And I don't know how to be happy or strong for my family. And he was there like, like, a just a warmth, like blossomed inside me. And suddenly it was like, Oh, you're here. Hi. <laughs> and it's really comforting to know that he's real. Cause sometimes we just talk to him. Like he's not even real. Like we're just yeah. sending an email or something and something that the Lord just told me, <laughs> something that just came to my mind, um, was that when we judge people on this, it's also, this is like a thing about being careful, but it's also like, like be patient with us because sometimes we say stupid things just like every, yeah. every person. Um, but when we judge people, we're also like thinking about ourselves. So just be just be patient with us when we are like seemingly judging people for what they're doing or calling them <laughs> hopefully we don't call them stupid at least on the, But yeah, that that just be patient with us. Yeah, and with the bringing up something that Christians do in general means I've done it too. Like this is something we all need to And I'm trying to protect myself from it as yeah. well so that we yeah. don't do it. And there's only one judge, ultimately. It's God. And this is all a learning experience, hopefully for people to learn And we are called as Christians to call each other to account, to judge each other in our acts as Christians, but not as the judge of the universe. Um, So just some things to be careful on. For me, I always have to be careful about just getting really excited about something and overstating how important it is. (laughs) Because to me, in the moment, I a hundred bazillion times believe it's the most important thing ever. And then when I cool off, I'm like, okay, it matters, but it's it's not like the most important thing of all time. This special fact or nugget that I just learned that blew my mind may not actually be that mind-blowing. I'm just really excited about it. Yeah. And I, I, I struggle with pride, personally, with everything. I can be grateful and humble one moment, and then as soon as I forget to thank God about it, I'm like, I did that. I am awesome. Like, I have a... A lot of people have a small voice telling them how worthless they are. I have a small voice <laughs> telling me that I'm the best told ever me that and, before. and that <laughs> I'm probably Michael Jordan, even though I know it's not true. And he plays basketball, so that is actually I love, real. I love basketball, and I practiced a lot. I quit recently, but that's a different conversation. And then he started and up. And I started up again, and pod- I had to keep the monster off of me, yeah. like the monster of pride. This podcast is going to be mostly Bible stuff, but we're also going to talk about other stuff like maybe basketball, maybe some sports, and the advantage of sports in a biblical sense. Like, Zach is so good at basketball that he can like get respect of people and then get a chance to invite them to church. And they're like, oh, well, I respect this guy's game. It maybe kind of weird he's... that you can play a bounce a ball and sweat and grunt and push people. And when you're done, <laughs> they're like... I'm going to listen to you. Yeah, I know. I respect you because you're good at a child's game. Yeah, but yeah, just be careful and don't just listen to what everyone tells you because they could be speaking like we do sometimes. Yep. And yeah, that's the end of this. See you in the next one.